Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy New Year from the Everyday Folks Radio family. I'm Billy Jones, your host and the creator of the show, and I am so excited because this is our first show for 2018, and I hope that 2018 will be a beautiful, vibrant year for you and yours. May it be a joyous and prosperous year for you. And I posted on Instagram recently a sign that said, be stronger than your excuses. So that's going to be my theme, my mantra for 2018. I want you to be stronger than your excuses. So if there's something you've always wanted to do, but you placed off on time to get it done, or if there's anything, for instance, that you've aspired to achieve, such as perhaps take that additional class or sign up for a hobby or a special interest or find love, let's make 2018 a very productive year to bring all of that to fruition. If at any time you'd like to speak to me during this live broadcast, you may call in at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and you prefer to inbox me or DM me, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Today is January 7, 2018, and I'd just like to share that we have a variety of shows. Over the next six weeks, my particular show will be airing a variety of phenomenal writers, independent thinkers, and creators. So stay tuned and tune in for the next six Sundays for some pretty unforgettable shows. And I'm very delighted that today's show is with someone who I've had the esteemed pleasure of watching grow and just flourish and is doing some phenomenal, phenomenal things in our world and, of course, in the creative arts as well. So I want to read the bio that I posted for him online, and then we'll jump right into our conversation. Today I am proud to interview my dear colleague and friend, David Fadrit, author of La Quai, A Journey of Struggle, Perseverance, and Hope. David's story is incredible. Born in Haiti, and I said it right there, David worked, David worked hard to build a life for himself, and the Frederic family. After leaving their country, the, Fr- the Frederics moved to America for greater opportunity. In his book, David recounts the most precious moments of his life, confirming one truth, which is very important. Through hard work, faith, and determination, all things are possible. So I'm hoping that you're tuning in, and I'm so delighted to have my dear colleague, David, here on the air. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you, thank you, uh, Dr. Jones. It is my honor, and I'm humbled to be with you as well, to know that uh, I can be here with you. And also, I want to say Happy New Year to you, to all of your listeners as well. So thank you, thank you. I'm excited, and uh, I know we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Well, I am so glad, and and I want to say this to, to everyone out there about this great man. I remember meeting him. You know, David, it's been about six, seven years now. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when I met when you were a freshman in college. <laughs> and 
I'm so glad. Every time I turn around, even then, you stood up. up, up. I think you, I, I say this openly and truthfully. You stood up and, and, and a, a, a par up even more among your peers, but you did it because you were humble, you were focused, and highly intelligent. And let me also say this, you're also a, you're the complete package. And so it is not a surprise to see you in this moment, and I am so proud to see that you've accomplished what many people want to do or many aspiring writers want to do, and that is publish their first book. So kudos to you and congratulations. So how was that experience? So here you are now this author, and you published this book. You've been doing, you've been doing signings. You've been doing book talks. You have been unstoppable. So how has it been? In your own words, what has the experience been like so far? Um, it has been nothing but, uh, I think, marvelous in a sense, of, as well as surprising. Because when I started the journey, it was never, I never expected it to be that way. It was more like to, to be uh, my own inflection as well. And uh, my mm-hmm. own way of uh, recollecting that beauty that I know my country uh, once was when I, when I grew up with it, as well as trying to figure out uh, how can something so beautiful so um uh, so stable and so so uh you know so so um put together how can people see and and and, and destroy it that way so it was it was a way for me to try to get all of this together and then in the way in that you know come that that uh the book like i and i i don't know what um, if you understand that or uh, or our listeners Lakai means home. So, so in a sense, for me, uh, I want people, when, when they read the book, to know that uh, well, whatever things that happen, you know, uh, either in your past or in your present or things you are going through right now, uh, Lakai is uh, supposed to be a place of hope in the, in, in the midst of hopelessness. Definitely mm. uh, when, you see, when you are watching the news right now or when you can see all those things going on. So, so I want people to, to take a moment, take a step back, and to realize that their lakai is within themselves. And once you realize mm-hmm. that, you can, you, can, you can take a moment and continue to do what you were meant to do, which is uh, greatness. Wonderful. And I, I asked this question. I have to share first. I read the book. I've had the folks, folks whenever my, even if my schedule is busy, if I'm meeting an author, a colleague of mine, I always want to pay tribute by reading their intellectual greatness. And so I've had a pleasure of reading this book, and I read through, and I was just marveled at the chronology, your, your, your use of time in order to convey what is so evidently true, which is a, the tapestry of the story from your life prior to your arrival to America, but then even more so the sense of hope, that you provide for others who emigrate to other places in order to find, um, to grow, to build a new foundation, but not forget from whence they come. And I felt a sense of hope inside of you and through your words as it related to that. And I, I just have to ask this question, how long did it take you to write this book? Because I know you're busy and you have a life, you have a family, <laughs> and how, did, what, how long did it take to write this book? What, how did it, it um, was your process like? It's, 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 it's usually be a two, two-way question because, uh, one, um, it took me a while to, to write it. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. when, I, when I used to come to your office, talk about it, I say, I'm going to write a book one day. 
I'm going to write a book you one did. day. And then, uh, uh, and because I usually, I like to take notes. I like uh, to journal. And the main reason I like to do that is because it, um, it allows me uh, five years from now, 10 years from now, to look back in the journal to see myself as I was at that time and to really see and, and to be uh, able to see, wow, okay, I've, I've grown uh, in that capacity and, and, and uh, the experience I've went through have really helped me be better, a better man, a better mm-hmm. husband, uh, a better father as well. So that, so that was that, that one step because I like to journal. But I, on the other end, when I really sit down, when I really sat down to write a book, was about uh, a year and a half. Mm, so about eight, a good 18 months, which is, believe it or not, a lot of folks not re- don't realize this, but that's about average for many authors. But it, also, too, it starts well before that because, as you said, it started as that conversation at, at, in the office at, at school, but then you, you didn't stop because while you were living life, you were creating this story because so many things, out of sight, out of mind. If you don't capture it, it's gone. So you had, I'm sure you had to create timelines I'm just marveled at how well it was written and how well, because I know you, it sounded like you. The tone, okay, the, the positive energy, yeah. it emanated from the book. Yeah, yes, uh, you know, uh, I, I work, I work, so, you know, I, I work full time. Now, what I was able to do is every time I have something in my mind, I will pull out my phone and use my note. Like, my note is, uh, my phone note is full like I would just come and just talk uh, and just note something because I don't want to forget it. Uh, I, I don't want to yep. really trust my mind when, when it comes to writing. So uh, I, I write it down, and then after work, uh, I, I would stay at night. Uh, it, it could be – and I, I, I realize that's really where when I can write the most because it's so peaceful. It is so – like uh, it, it's like it, you can even hear when, if, it, if a pen dropped. So everything that makes noise is really – calm down at that time so I can go and then let my spirit uh, let my mind uh, trans, uh, like transcend within myself to, uh, to, to write what I, what I really want to convey I have to agree with you even if you, if you if once I see you again I'm going to show you the notes in my phone I can be at other authors events and let's say I'm at your event and I'll hear you say something I'll capture it in my phone like oh I like that line because it'll take me somewhere yeah. else where I can perhaps create or, or add or infuse it within what I'm doing. And, and I'm using voice mm-hmm. tags as well to capture things. Yep. Because as, as always, when you're busy with complex minds like us, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> yes. Out of sight, out of mind. Yes, definitely. So who inspired you to write this book? Who or what inspired you uh, to write this? You know, um, in the book, I, uh, I mentioned some of the people, and by no means it's, it's not everyone. I mentioned uh, right. the word impactors, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or, or multipliers, uh, because I think throughout my life, usually when people are looking at me right now, they can see, okay, okay, this one person is an author, or this person is a published author, X and Y, but they don't really pay attention to the, to the people you've met, the people who've shaped you, the people who've encouraged you in your moment of uh, weakness. The people who've given you second chances when you um, uh, made mistakes uh, uh, in life or whatever things. So uh, I talk about uh, my parents as well. Definitely, uh, the way they I see them work hard day in and day out to provide for family. So it's really inspiring, inspiring to see that value of work they instill in us. 
but as well as uh, coming to 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 America, the people uh, I met throughout the journey, and and uh, and also yourself. I talk uh, 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 yourself as well, and some of some few people in Miami did. So it's really uh, a, a, a generic of people uh, that mm-hmm. that I I was able to talk to, and in in a sense um, that that just mold me uh to 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 make me a bit better uh after that interaction so i i, I would give a, a tribute to to all the people i've met uh, uh along the way on this journey you know you mentioned something in chapter 2 of your book and it's chapter 2 is titled the birthday and if you don't mind i'd like to yes. read just this opening paragraph it says the sound of the massive crowd erupting in cheers and applause is heard throughout the long conference hall while an excited large group of men and women campaign while waving bright multicolored papers, their candidates' pictures in the air. It is election year. It's great how well you describe, and not without going in such, some authors go so far in depth with description, which is fine because that's the, who they are and that's their mojo. But you give us just enough description and sense of setting of the circumstance, which obviously sets the stage for the actions and the penology of events that are to follow. And so when you reflect back on these moments, and some of these moments in times in which you can recall, if not times that happened before, what was it like? Did you have to do home did you have to do research to to get a sense or when I say research meaning ask others or go back in time and look at artifacts to get a sense of, of timing and circumstance? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, welcome to, like, uh, in Chapter 2, Chapter 1, Chapter 2, I relied heavily mm-hmm. on my mom and my siblings as well uh, because my parents uh, were teachers uh, at that time. So That's right. they, yep. during that political time, they were, uh, the teachers were very involved uh, in the election. Uh, so they really gave me like the nitty gritty of of the 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 the, um, the, the, the second sense. And if you haven't heard a Haitian or Haitian parent give you a story, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you haven't you haven't heard any good story. So so it's really good where I could I, I was able to sit down with my my mom and then and that nitpick her brain, like pick up her uh, pick her brain in a sense, um, not only for the information. But to really get a good sense of uh, what was uh, happening at the moment, like the, get the emotion, because my my, mm-hmm. my hope and I, I and I hope uh, it uh, it will it convey in, in in that chapter is to not only share the word but make the word come alive when the person read it. To at some mm-hmm. point, if they can get a glimpse of the emotion, the the fear and the hope. All at once that was happening at that time, so that 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 would that, that would be great if they can if if, if they actually pick that up. And I I had to share that you and another author are my two favorite Haitian authors. So first it is David Fadid because I know David, and yes I say this because <laughs> I am biased America and around the globe. I want you to know this, so I am supporting my brother here. But I also have to mention someone else because your style is similar to hers in some way. And that is Edwidge Dantecat, Creek Cry. And that story, when you said storytelling, my first work, my first introduction to, to Dantecat was back in the 90s, late 90s in grad school. And 
the phrase click crack means tell a story, right? If click was what the child would tell to the adult and crack would be, okay, I'll tell you a story. And so the yes, yes, idea yes. of storytelling is very, very, it's very important to the Haitian culture. And you mentioned the rise of Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Aristide, and a lot of folks, if you don't know Haitian history, you need to know who he is and the implications that created at, for, for, for Haiti. I myself visited Haiti back in 1994 during the embargo. I was 20 years old mm-hmm. at the time, and I saw a lot. And a lot of folks told me during my time there, they said, and I was in Port-au-Prince, and, they, and I was told you shouldn't go there. It's going crazy right now because it was highly polarized in the media. But Haiti is a beautiful country, and I felt I needed to understand my people. Even And I say people mean people of the African diaspora. I need to know who they are and be part of that. And I, was, and I went home with a friend of mine who was in college with me to visit. And I was there for a good two weeks and had a wonderful time. And so when you look at your work and you look at the process that you did, I, I think that the writing process is, is so – each writer does it differently. So could you walk me through very briefly, like, what's your writing process like? Like, you told me about the journaling, and you were also capturing notes using your mobile technology and working late at night. At, but at some point, those were for capturing ideas. At some point, you had to just commit and put it to print, put it to screen and keyboard in terms of making it work. So did you create a schedule or a calendar? Did you schedule time to write? At some point, you brought it all together. So if you could talk a little bit about that, that would be great. Okay, yeah, uh, for me, I uh, m- my schedule was uh, do not stop until I have something concrete. Um, you know, uh, before that, I-, I was reading, like, some some uh, how, like some articles the, uh, b- about writing and the process of it. And one, one thing that uh, came to mind when they said that was, uh, like, r- write, like, never stop writing. Um, so that was the process. So I, I will write, I will write, I will write, and uh, whenever whatever things I write in the day, I transcribe them to the wording uh, at night, and I, and I keep writing. So I will write uh-huh. one chapter, and then uh, I will ask a friend just uh, read it. Don't don't worry about the gra- grammatical errors. Don't uh, just just tell me if you if you just tell me what you feel when you read it because uh-huh. I. I, I I was I was very very keen. There are certain chapters I was very keen into the feeling. Like like tell me like what did you uh, like what what you get out of it? You know. So because uh, right. some of the informations uh, are are already known. Like I'm talking about the factual information. But uh, I didn't want this to be a history book. But I really wanted to right. be where. Uh, more like a memoir where people can really uh, see, okay, they feel like I, I'm sitting next to them and then sharing it, like I, I have a dialogue with them during that process. So it's, uh, I write this chapter and I call a friend, a friend or two, I say, okay, read it, let me know what you think. Um, some, most of them say, yeah, we, we loved it. We, and uh, they were asking, okay, uh, is it going to end up being in French? Uh, for but for now it's in English, but it's but talking about the process you write, but you find some some trusted people where you can like give you feedback, but uh, not on the details, but really on the main idea of the work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's really uh, what I do, and then uh, and 
before, I, like when I got to the the chapter before last. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I got to that chapter, and and I and I knew I wasn't done. I'm talking about uh, leading with distinction, um, and I said, like it's it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's it. I don't think I have arrived yet. You know, I, I know I don't mm. have anything in my mind right now, but uh, it's it's not the way I want to finish the work. So it took me a while, right. and then I went, when I went back to Haiti, uh, and then uh, I came back, and then that's when uh, uh, it came to me that, uh, I, like, I, with all the conversation I had and everything, I said, no, it should, it should, we should go. I should write that last chapter, like the the country we ought to dream for. So in a sense, when you're writing certain things, like you have to really believe your instinct. If you feel like you are not done, even though when you did everything you set out to be to uh to do, and but some point, you know, your gut is telling you no. Right. But, um, like is is the the work is not complete. Like try to 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 trust your instinct in that sense to see uh okay what what required what is what are you trying to add to make mm-hmm. sure it's it's a complete uh, complete work? Well said. And I have to correct um, myself for what I said earlier. It was his name, and you have to correct me, Kid David, if I get these names wrong. It is Jean Bertrand Aristide, right? Did I get it right? Jean Bertrand Aristide, yes. Yes, Jean Bertrand Aristide. Okay, because I think I said Jean Claude. I was thinking Jean Claude Van Damme, and I'm to- on a totally different show. <laughs> So I want to make sure I'm getting the information right for characters um, within the, the confines of your work. And what you said is true. You have, you have to feel it. And as a writer myself, I'm going through that same moment. My next book, Every Day Folk, comes out later this year. And I have been at this for some time, and I told myself when I'm doing the re-edits of, of each short story, Billy, just go with it. Stop reinventing because I know me, and I like to change things, and then it never gets published. And so, like you said, yes. but I have to feel it. Mm-hmm. You have to feel it. And I, I just had a question for you. The folks who you ask to read, who are your friends, are they of Haitian descent as well, or are these folks from a variety of backgrounds who would just give you some focus? Yeah, they were a, a, a variety of backgrounds. Uh, I, I have some Hispanic that uh, the the same age as me. Uh, some Haitian that's a little bit older, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, like to 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 really give me the idea at that time. Uh, I have also some uh, of my close friends who are the, of the same age who are also Haitian. Uh, so I have different people, a uh, different background. Because the, my other thing is, I wanted to see, um, uh, I wanted to get the feedback of someone who who never heard of those stories before. Right. The different perspectives, right? Yes. I, I agree with that, and I, and I was just and I love that vetting idea because I just recently started doing that myself as a writer. I'll just keep this to myself and not share it with the world besides the editor. But then I said, wait a minute, just just forty eight hours ago, I shared it with a dear writing colleague of mine one chapter because he was here for the holidays, yes. stopped by the house. He said, you know what? Can I share something? And he loved it. You got to test it. The people who know you best can give you the honest responses. And so yes. I think that was yes. a great thing. You know, folks, we are here now in well speaking to David Fadri, the author of La Kai. And if you haven't had a chance to speak with him or if you have a question, comment, or request you'd like to provide to him, you can call in at any time at 347-539-5372. Again, that line is 
539-5372. But I will admit, David, that you already have questions. They're now up to 14 questions that have come in okay. since the show okay. started. And so those folks aren't shy, but I'll still tell them the email address. It is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com again, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So I'm going to break away from those from my little segment, and I like to throw in some of these questions to you. So let's let's try them out. So this first yes, question yes. is coming in. It's coming in from Tasha, who lives in Hollywood, Florida. Thank you for listening, Tasha, to us here on, on Everyday Folks. Her question to you is as follows, David: What do you feel are the distinctive qualities of your book? Okay, Tasha, thank you so much for the question, and thank you again for listening to Everyday Folks. Um, the, what, what I believe is, uh, I, I would think it as three things. One, um, I'm looking at uh, someone that gives you the first and knowledge of uh, what happened through either my story and what I've encountered. Uh, second, I'm looking at it as uh, <clears throat> as someone that, uh, um, in a in a way that uh, you're gonna see some books. And and not all b- books are like that, but uh, there's most of the books that talk about Haiti or the story of Haitian uh, in a sense that uh, that's hopeless. You know, um, there's, there's always crime, there's always healing, there's always insecurity. Uh, in a sense, that's there's all of that. But I wanted to see it in a more hopeful way. I wanted to people to see, mm-hmm. okay, uh, I am here because I was able to uh, uh, overcome the obstacle, the struggles. Uh, I was over, uh, able to to uh, to see the opportunity that uh, as a, a, that, that that are in front of me. And then uh, the the last thing I would say is um, the book is is really a call, even though if it's a memoir, but it's more like. A, uh, a conversation that remind the 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 author that um and I talked about that notion earlier, but i wanna re- reiterate it uh about the home is is where the is not only where your heart is but is where you find you is where you find your home in a sense uh if i can really say that it's it's the notion that not only is home where the heart is but that the heart is where one finds home. Um, it, Got it. It's 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 every where the the every time the reader is reading it, I want them to remind themselves that uh, uh, you can overcome, you can continue, you can persist uh, uh, in whatever things that, uh, that 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 is stopping you or that's preventing you from giving the best or being the best you can be. I I love that. And- and I'll share this for to Tasha David as well. Tasha, I read the book from cover to cover. Another astounding piece about his book is that he actually has pictorials of himself growing up. And I think a lot of folks have failed to recognize this. He's speaking in the recent 21st century of life having of life before and after um, Heidi, in terms of living there and coming here. With what two, was it 2008, David? 10, 11 yes. years ago. When you arrived here, so this is not some distant story or, or some historic context in that regard. This is something happening um, through our postmodern contemporary lenses. This is what you, people can relate to right now, especially with millennial generations. Absolutely wonderful. 
I have another question for you, David. Here, they're coming in more. I'm going to try to jump in here and, and throw more. So let's just yeah, I'll, I'll be a bit we'll short. Go so, with the questions so, at this point because people love you, yes, and yes. I have to say this as well, folks. If you haven't seen David's cover of his book, it is stunning. One of the most beautiful covers I've seen ever of a book. Well done, David. I love the patriotic colors. I, I got the symbolism, at least to me. I, I felt it spoke of the past. And each of those colors were very appropriately selected, but they also embodied hope, just like your subtitle. So here comes the next question. It comes from Anike, who is one of my dear colleagues and who hosts a journey into passion on Everyday Folks here as well. So this is to my my homie here. She says, she actually had a first question, but you answered it already. So here's the second one. She says, hello, my initial question was already beautifully answered. David. I'm always inspired by anyone who shares their personal journey of struggle with the hopes of inspiring others. Thank you for sharing your story. So now I ask, what were some of the most memorable moments for you as you entered into your new life in a new country? Uh, some of the most uh, memorable moments is um, is when I talk about it in the book, is uh, I, at one point I become undocumented. Uh, so I was going through Miami dead and finding, uh, like trying everything to to pay for college and and left right mm-hmm. after if, uh, if you remember this, uh, Doctor uh, John. Um, and when I finally find, uh, um, when I finally realize, okay, I will have, uh, um, I will have financial aid. So that really was so so important and i don't know if people understand yes. it because uh coming from haiti uh for you to go to uh like uh, university you have to go through uh contests and we're talking about hundreds it's not thousands of people going through contests for you to get into one or two or three universities that are available yep and, and then for me to, to to really have access where i can come here and study and better myself. It was huge, and for me, it's it's uh, it's it's embodied what Miami Dade is, which is opportunities, everything. So it gave me that opportunity, and 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 in an instant, I see uh, uh, like so much things that can happen because of that. Oh, I love that response, and I just have to share the listeners as well. And I'm going to give a biased political truth of my own. Not a, not it doesn't reflect the opinions of all my colleagues every day. Folks, I can only represent me. And I feel that this is this: if our if children, which by American law says that Amer- if children are required to go to school, regardless, they have to go to school. So then, if they graduate from a public ed- any educational system in America, my attitude is this: why can't they have citizenship? It makes absolutely no sense that they're required to go by law. They need to be somewhere. But yet, if once you become an adult, you can't go anywhere. And I think that is something that is contradictory. We do need to modify the laws and, and standards that we have as we treat our undocumented children who become adults. And this question is coming from Hatashi, Hatashi from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and here goes, David. Do you visit Haiti? And do you want to return there at some point to make an impact? Definitely. I visited Haiti uh, last uh, last February. Uh, this way we're going to make it a year because uh, I needed to go to talk about to, for the book uh, because I did it for about seven city a visit where I did not go to a hotel. I just uh, because I wanted to talk about the hospitality of Haitian 
people in the book. So yeah. I didn't uh, plan. I didn't go uh, use any hotel. I called friend about thirty, like uh, five hours before I go to the house. I say, hey, I'm gonna be in town and I need a place to sleep. And then I, I the, the story I talk in the book. When you get the book and you're reading it, you see that people literally that didn't know me at all actually left their bedroom go sleep on the floor and just will give me the bedroom uh, uh give me the bed so wow. for me to sleep it's it's unbelievable so it's i talked in i talk about that in the book so w- when you get the book reading the book wow. so, so so you 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 will see that uh, but the other thing is uh the uh, yes do i do I happen to go go back to haiti and uh, yes, because I believe, I truly believe in my core being that if I do not go back, it would be a miss of my calling. Uh, that's personally, mm. that's my personal opinion. Uh, because not not for yeah. political reasons, though, but it's really because I feel like there are certain things that happen to you, uh, even though you're not, you you don't have any political uh, idea, but you 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 want to go back to help in any way that you can. Because if you, you just you you are so lucky to have the opportunity you have, but for those who don't have that opportunity, how can you reach out and help them as well? I, I love what you just shared because there are two questions here. I'm looking at the lineup. I want to follow what you just responded with with two follow up questions that relate to what you just said. And this first one comes from Miria from Miami, Florida, and he or she asks, "Would you be interested in running for public office?" Whether it be here or in Haiti, uh, that is not uh, really in my mind because I, I believe there there's such a bad connotation, and uh, and not to say all the great um, um, public of uh, public uh, service uh, uh, that's doing the, the great work out there uh, are part of that uh, group, but really right now I'm most focused on better myself, um, and I'm most focused, focused on what way I can help that is not required being, uh, being in the politics because um, for, first and foremost, what I believe Haiti needs right now, at this moment in time, I'm not ready. So it, mm-hmm. it, it will mm-hmm. be a disservice uh, to my own people to, 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 to put that in my head, but I really want to focus on better myself first uh, and see what way I can help uh, uh, people in Haiti or people in my own community at this moment right now. How can I help them yeah. uh, in a day and day in and day out? That's an honest response. Thank you very much. And here's another question coming from Nadine, who resides here in Miami, Florida as well. It kind of relates back to the previous. What would you like to see change in Haiti that you feel would be the most pressing issue? Um, I think uh, I would think about two things. Uh, I think one, education is still very, very important. That uh, uh, that they, they need to find uh, a way for not only people to go to school but for them to learn, uh, as well as as the country is trying to get a lot of uh, news and, uh, and and people are trying to go back and help uh, build things and 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 construct things. Uh, I think. There should be uh, an emphasis on uh, on uh, trade school as well, 
where people can learn things that's that's not that's outside of the university because if the country is trying to build road bridges uh, uh, uh and schools hospitals we need the people that 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 with trade that can start doing the work not only is going to help the country move faster in in the reconstruction but as well give people a work uh that uh, that they can find food that they can feed themselves feed their family and create a cycle where the kids can go to school and learn uh, something else and then the kids can work so that's that's really those two things but uh if you are looking at a country in Haiti uh you know everything is is an emergency. You are looking at the road. You are looking at the healthcare. Right. You are clean the infrastructure. water. You are looking Absolutely. about, uh, yeah. So even corruption. So you are looking at all those yes. things. They need, uh, they need something. They need, they need immediate, uh, uh, uh touch. Yeah, I agree. And 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 I'll, and I'll share. It's it's fascinating. I I have friends of mine who back in 2002, Americans who decided to move to Carpathia and a mountainous region in order to open up an orphanage and a school. And they've done that. They, they've lived in Haiti for about 15 years. They returned back to America last year. And their hope, and this, is, and this they originally went under the auspices of, of missionary work. Their hope was to go there and effectuate change, while at the same time providing a crosswalk from America to there in order to bring change in all regions of Haiti. So what you said is absolutely right on, and thank you all for those questions. I got a few more for you, David, and we're going to try to get them yes, in the yes. last 23 minutes. This is from Dario no from Tamarack, Florida, and he wants to know, where do you see yourself in the next five or ten years? Um, in the next five or ten years, I, I uh, do see myself uh, – um, Maybe five years, I, I do see myself being here. Uh, but in the next mm-hmm. 10 years, I, I probably gonna be back in Haiti. But uh, at, at that moment, I am um, I'm working on certain things right now that uh, should give me some, um, um, in a sense, um, I don't know. I see myself writing a few more books. Uh, I see myself uh, as well as uh, leading. Um, uh, a company that uh, I am about to launch uh, very soon, um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it's it's you know that's that's usually be, but uh, but definitely when it comes to being better, uh, that's that's part as well. But you know that's that's yep. what it's I. It's a hard see. question. You know, it's a hard question to answer because I can't even think about I, – I, in 24 hours, I'll be standing in front of a new class of students. So it's very hard to see out, even though we know we're going to get somewhere and we have these aspirations. It's very hard to answer when we want to do so much and I always feel that like there's never enough time to do it. So yes, I think, yes. Dario, your, you know, David's question, his response was right on. I think there's some great things coming from him from both angles. And we'll just have to watch and see. And I do hope, Dario, you'll be following him as well because I will be posting David's social media links or any resources he'd like for me to provide a link to my webpage to his in order for you to stay in touch with him and to keep in tune and, of course, reading all of his books. This next question comes from New York City, New York. It's from Natalia, and she writes the following, David. 
I'm trying to write my first book about my own life story. I, too, am an immigrant from another country. Did you have fears that your culture, family, or community would not accept your book? Um, you know, yes, uh, yes, and and I'm gonna tell you, not only my culture, but it it's it it's mainly because of the polarization uh, yeah. uh, about it, like not not the entire book, because I I really take uh, there are some part of the book that they will enjoy. But they are part that uh, do consider taboo, you know. They do consider, you know, that uh, it's things that uh, that stay uh, in in house. You know, it doesn't go out. Right. Um, so it's. But but I would say is that the best thing that you can do to yourself is is to to remain true to what you truly want to write. You know, uh, right. I have I I had one of the hardest uh, time writing black in America. Uh, and I wrote three different did uh, three different uh things three times. The first time I wrote something wow um and the second time I wrote something and then the third time I wrote something completely different and I have all three of them and until the very last week of publishing the book uh, of sending the book for publishing um I was reading all three of them I said, okay, like which one is really a a uh uh I, which one is truly identified with me, you know, which one is truly to my core, which one is truly me. Uh, so I end up uh, making what I believe is the best decision for myself. So it, it's really tough, uh, but if you are thinking about what people are going to say, uh, you all you, you know for sure you're always going to have uh, good or bad. And as a matter of fact, if you only have good, you should be retaking it because there is always time for feedback and so so as long as you remain true to yourself and you are proud of what you do at that time because i be, uh, i know 100 percent uh f- like five 15 years from now when you're reading the book you're gonna see okay man how much i've grown but at that time that's right. who we were so so it's really uh yep. be happy and be proud of the work you are doing at that moment you know so that's 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 what I would do. Absolutely, you you have to own it. And Natalia, it's, I agree with David every word he just stated. You just have to own it, and once you put it out in the universe and feel that it is your best work. But we writers are very special creatures, right, David? And we know us. Yes. We feel it. It's hard to illustrate in words that feeling that we get about certain things we write before we release it. So I get what you're saying, and you beautifully stated it for Natalia, who's about to embark on the journey we've already encountered. And this next question, David, is from Lisa from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She said, asks, if you could change one thing in your past, what would it be and why? That is a, that is a, a, a very, very good question. If I could change one thing, I think uh, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm still thinking about it because it, it's a very, very, very uh, good question. I think I would just. It's a good question. Yeah, it, it is a good question. Lisa, you're um, good. <laughs> you know the. Um, I'll say this: if you have the response, you can give it. If not, we can come back to it, or you could just we could just reflect on it later at some point. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have so much good. Lisa, <laughs> I, I promise you the answer before that. 
You know, um, it's fine. Lisa, I, I have to say, because I started thinking about everything, it, it, it's hard because here it is, Billy. If we decide to change something, then we wouldn't have the moment we have right now. Yes, and that that is the thing. That is the exact thing because, like, it's because what I want people also to see in the book is sometimes you make certain decisions and as bad as they were as uh, bad as they were at that moment, but it allows you to 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 take it to take an exit. Uh, that exit yes. uh, has learned you something. You know, you've learned something in the, in exiting on that journey, even if it's uh. uh push your future five uh five years behind but you are able to 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 see it as a moment of learning instead of moment of disappointment you know so but but I, yep. i'm gonna keep thinking about lisa to 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 see if i can get something for you thank you very much for the question and lisa I, and, and lisa we hope that you're reading it make sure you get your credit card ready or your kindle download open so that way you can get this app, get the app, and get this work, so that you two could see further why it's hard to answer that question by within the confines of the book. This next question, David, it comes from Marcos from Orlando, Florida, and he asked. You kind of answered it, but you could share if you like again. Will there be a follow-up book? And if so, what would it be about? Um, yes, I be, yeah, I think that they're going to be a follow-up book. Right now, I am debating. Um, Right after I finished the book, I knew exactly what I wanted to write about, which was going to be about history, um, uh, mainly uh, women, the women, the Haitian Revolution. Uh, I wanted to really dive into those women to see men, those women of value, of valor, really help us men uh, uh, at that time gain our independence. And usually they refer to the men, but not really as much to the women. So that, that that's what right. I have been thinking about. But but lately I take a, when I talk about Lakai and and the notion of Lakai, you know, um, to to really tell someone Lakai it is a place of serenity. It's not just a a, 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 a home that's physical where you say it. My home is two two five uh, northwest one eighty five, but it's really within you and you uh, at mm-hmm. the most uh weak uh, at the uh, at the most weak moment in your life uh, when you want to rebound when you want to f- go back and dig, dig something deep right. you have to go back within yourself within that lakai yep. within that place of hope and then and, and take it and move uh, and come out stronger so i really like lately i've been thinking about that notion to really uh, to expand on it, uh, but uh, but that's the two things I have been uh, thinking about lately. But but to tell you the truth, it's not gonna come anytime soon because I I have two other projects <laughs> I'm working on. One is a docu film documentary, and then something else. So uh, not not anytime soon. Well, you've spoken like a true creative arts person. You know, David, you you shared it <laughs> you shared it so well. The, the idea, the, the, the depth, because I think the Lakai, will, it sets the foundation, and then you just clearly gave us the, the next step, which is the depth of what Lakai means. That's pretty beautiful. And the next question, there are two questions. I'm going to couple them together. The first one from Donald from Memphis, Tennessee, and he wants to know how much of your culture still remains in you, and now that you live, and how do you, you know, how you live your life today here in America? 
Like, how much of your culture is still part of Haiti? Because at some point, you get oh, Americanized uh, as well. Yes, yes. And I don't know if, if you get a hint from uh, how uh, uh, Dr. Jones is calling my name, uh, but uh, that's really uh, one thing I uh, I was very intentional. Because my name is written as D-A-V-I-D. The English way of saying it is David. Right. And I've always uh, reminded people, no, like I know it's David in your language, but within my language, my, my pronunciation of my language is David. Uh, because, it, again, in the book, I talk what that means to me. Because uh, I talk about the Creole language, uh, uh, being able yeah. to uh, to hold you together, uh, to to to. to to, to keep things within herself, not, not, not wanting to share them with others. So uh, that's really uh, one thing that, uh, uh, that I keep, that helps me keep my culture too, uh, which is my name. Uh, I also consider as my identity in some part as well. But I can assure you, my, 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 link, my culture is still remain uh, alive and well uh, within me. And thank you for the question. Very nice question. It is. And, Andrea, and Andrea from Winter Haven, Florida, has a similar question. And she asks, what does your family think of your book? Um, they, they love it. Um, they, they really, really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely my mom and my dad. Uh, I should uh, do a translation for French and to go to Haiti with it. Uh, so that's, uh, ah. that's, uh, that is a recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is what uh, what they are talking now. It's so funny. I always tell whenever I post something online, you always know you'll get the first two likes will always be your mom and your dad, <laughs> <laughs> and then following sister, your brother, and then the rest of the world. So it's very true. Yeah. What I think the recommendation is spot on, David. You you should you should translate it. And the next question is coming from Lawrence from Norfolk, Virginia. And Lawrence asked, David, what keeps you grounded in life? And it's actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you earlier. Do you have moments where you feel upset or frustrated? I'll be honest, David, I'd love to hear the answer to this because I've never seen you mad. <laughs> oh, okay. No, uh, you know, quite a few people have not seen me mad. And they and then uh, they, they do have the, um, the illusion that I don't get mad, but I do. I just think sometimes, you know, um, it's it just find a way to... to, to to hold it and not, not 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 let that moment of anger get the best of you. That really is. But but uh, what grounded me is is I think family to ground me uh, as well. Um, my kids does my wife, um, and then um, just family uh, and also my faith does that uh, helps me a lot mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to really see things not. Uh, uh, as 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 they show uh, like the bad things, you know the the moment of uh, difficulties. As uh, this also that moment shall pass, you know uh, when you work hard right. and, and have a plan, uh, not just work, not just wait for it, but but have a plan on how to make it better. Uh, so it's really family and 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 faith really the uh, the ground me. But uh, but I I can assure you, Doctor, just I. Yes, I do get mad, but definitely, uh, yeah, I do. I do sometimes. These next three questions are, are great questions because they lead up to where I wanted to end. The first is from Nam, who lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Nam asks, have you spoken anywhere recently? 
and how can we reach you? Yes, uh, I, I spoke my, my, my first ever, my book release was at Satsantla. Um, it's yep. a neighborhood center uh, in, in North mm-hmm. Miami that does a lot of great work within the Haitian community. So I spoke there. Um, I actually have a plan to speak at Miami Dead, the uh, West Campus, uh, February 15th. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go on the road. Uh, but uh, but I would be more than happy if uh, if uh, uh, I get any uh, uh, um, requests from out of state. Uh, that that would be cool. But uh, you can reach me by going uh, first. My email is uh, 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 is David uh, for English robot is David D A V I D F for last name for Frank um, at I O um, podcast, which is P O D C A S T dot net. David F at uh, uh, I O podcast dot net. That's the email. But also you can get me on Instagram, which is uh, uh, David underscore Lakai L A K A Y. David underscore Lakai on Twitter is David underscore Lakai as well, and then. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, uh, David uh, uh, underscore Lakai as well on Facebook. Yeah, and I'll do what I'll do for them as well is provide you on my author on my author page at BillyPaulJones.com. I have a page that is titled "Who I'm Supporting," and I'll provide a link to your support networks at that point as well, so that folks can stay in touch with you because you're awesome. This last question oh, thank comes you, thank from. It comes from actually there are two, so I, I said last but there are two. So let's take the one from Orlando. Oh, look at this, Orlando from Orlando, Florida. <laughs> oh, nice, hi Orlando. Thank you for listening, yes. Orlando. <laughs> so he asks, how long did it take you to write the book? Which you answered earlier, which was the eighteen months more or less. But I think the second part of his question was really important. When do you, when did you realize it was time to write a book? Um, I realized that. Uh, Right after my graduation, uh, Miami did Robson, and then uh, in a program called Year Up. Um, uh, the, like right after that, and I gave a speech at that event, and I said, "Whoa!" And, and then uh, after that program, I ended up working at AT and T full time, and that's really where my life changes uh, for the better. I said, "Man, I went through all these experiences, surviving a massacre, coming to the U.S." Being uh, undocumented, now being a resident, uh, you know, uh, go to school, not being able to pay for school, find a way to pay, but now graduate and then being able to uh, have a full-time job at AT&T, you know. So to so say, man, this is a story not, not not to boast about, but this is a humble story where I can remind people, my people, as well as other immigrants, as well as people of this country as well, that didn't start uh, uh, having it uh, or, or having everything. They are where they had to work, where they, their parents had to work right. hard. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, this is a story that can kind of encourage them. This is a story that can make them feel hopeful about their own life as well. Hmm. Well said. And the last question for you, my friend, is from Jacksonville, Florida, and the author of this email is Chris. And Chris asks the following. What do you want your life legacy to be? How would you like to be remembered? 
Okay. Thank you. This is a this is a perfect question. This is an awesome question. Thank you very much, Chris. I believe, right? Um, yeah. But uh, I think um, you know I I would like to be remembered as someone that remain hopeful uh, in 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 the uh, that 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 never wavered uh, wavered in, in when it comes to uh, you know negativity and mm-hmm. and, and then what mm-hmm. life thrown at me. Uh, you know, I would like to be remembered mainly by my kids um, as 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 a great father for themselves as well. Uh, you know, growing up and, and, and make sure that uh, I was able to provide for them and and then uh, and do everything I can to support them. It's um, but I also want to be remembered as someone who truly, who truly, truly, truly believe Haiti. Still has a chance, you know. In spite uh, our own people, our government, in spite whatever things that happened to us in the past, in spite of what is going on right now, I am a firm believer of uh, my own country, um, Haiti. They still have a chance, so therefore we can still remain hopeful. Oh wow! You know, I'd have to say thank you. The show has now come to an end, and. David, before I let you go, I'd like to say first congratulations again for accomplishing what many other authors dream of doing, and that is producing their first work, which is very, very celebratory, and it's very moving. It's hard to illustrate in words that very feeling that one gets when one opens that box and gets that printed work or sees it memorialized in the digital world. And then secondly, continue to write. I'm so proud of you. You know this. I always have your back. But I want others to have your back. And for everyone who's listening, we have about a little over 4,000 people are listening to Everyday Folks, whether it be through the live show or through iTunes downloads and what have you. And I think that it's important that people recognize that this platform, it is just that, a place for folks like Lakai, a home for everyday individuals to get their chance at being uh, saluted, recognized, and heard for their extraordinary contributions to our world. So I say congratulations to you, and this is not the last that we're going to be talking, my friend. I will be following up with you in the next couple of days because I'd like to bring you out to my own institution for a follow-up. And oh, that would be good. Well, and, and some other exciting things that I'm doing too. So thank you so much for being on the show, and we'll be talking soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone. Thank you, Dr. Jones. And I share with everyone else who's listening David is an extraordinary man, and I'm so proud to have been a part of his professional growth. This is the place where everyday folks matters the most when it gives people a chance to be recognized for what they do. Coming up over the next few weeks, I impart upon you this, that our schedule and lineup is so exciting. Coming next, within the next month, we'll be hearing back from Journey into Passion. So my girl in EGS hasn't left you. In fact, she's planning for something great. And 2018. But coming up next week is my dear colleague, author Raquel Bartoli, who will be speaking on her latest work on January 14th. Following that, on the 21st, Marcus Jones, my dear cousin, will be here talking about fitness, something I'm trying to get together in 2018. And then on the 28th is my dear friend, author Nadine Pax, who will be here to share his extraordinary poetry and work as well. And then we'll follow that up with February 4th with my colleague, author, Clementia Giovanetti, who will be speaking of her astounding work, 
And so I am so delighted that you were able to listen. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Folks. We'll be chatting with you soon. Take care, and thanks for supporting us.